morning and welcome to our God's Word for Today devotional. We will have a long read for our chapter this morning in Psalm chapter 31 verses 1 to 24, but it's worth reading the scriptures, is it not? Let me read to us this chapter, chapter 31 verses 1 to 24. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me speedily. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. And for your name's sake, you lead me and guide me. You take me out of the net you have hidden for me. For you are my refuge. Into your hand, I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. I hate those who pay regard to worthless idols, but I trust in the Lord. I will rejoice and be glad in your steadfast love, because you have seen my affliction. You have known the distress of my soul, and you have not delivered me into the hand of the enemy. You have set my feet in a broad place. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted from grief, my soul and my body also. For my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity, and my bones waste away. Because of all my adversaries, I have become a reproach, especially to my neighbors, and an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street flee from me. I have been forgotten like one who is dead. I have become like a broken vessel, for I hear the whispering of many, terror on every side, as they scheme together against me, as they plot to take my life. But I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hand. Rescue me from the hand of my enemies and from my persecutors. Make your face shine on your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. O Lord, let me not be put to shame, for I call upon you. Let the wicked be put to shame. Let them go silently to show. Let the lying lips be mute, which speaks insolently against the righteous in pride and contempt. Oh, how abundant is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you and work for those who take refuge in you. In the sight of the children of mankind, in the cover of your presence, you hide them from the plots of men. You store them in your shelter from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, who has wondrously shown his steadfast love to me. When I was in a besieged city, I had said in my alarm, I am cut off from your sight. But you heard the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cried to you for help. Love the Lord, all you his saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but abundantly repays the one who acts in pride. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. Now David expressed here that the Lord is his rock. And his fortress. And this has implications that he has been under attack. He has to be in a place, in a, in a situation where he is protected. So that he claimed that God is his rock and his fortress. David expresses complete trust to God here. That God is always righteous. Is a rock and he is always righteous. Shall not the God of this world do always what is right? That is what we can read in Genesis 18, verse 25. It means that God will never change. He's always righteous. He's always just. 
God is an impregnable rock and fortress to him. Imagine the rock and fortress as huge, massive, not only an isolated stone, but massive rock formations that is impregnable. David plead for protection urgently here because it was something that was pressing and he has to go and seek refuge unto the Lord urgently. In many instances, we, we, see, we read in the scripture, especially in the book of 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel, how many instances that he was under attack. And there are situations that made him physically, emotionally exhausted because the enemy was closing in on him. He was trapped. David was trapped like trapped in the net by people who betrayed him. People who who were close to his side but who betrayed him. But God rescued him. And he said in, he committed his life to God. And the word commitment here means entrusting completely like one entrusting his money in a bank for security. He was committed to God that he hated those who cling to worthless idols, but he rejoices only because of the steadfast love of God. He trusted that God is always loving kind. We call this the chesed God's love. God is loving kind. In the midst of his afflictions and distress, distress, he did not doubt that God is always steadfast in his love towards him. And he mentioned that the Lord sees everything. That is, its temptation and trial and its difficulty, the Lord sees everything. And that is a source of comfort. So that he invites every believer to approach his throne of grace because he knows our need. He knows everything, we, our struggles. He encourage us to go into the throne of grace that we might find help in times of need. And Hebrews 4, 15 and 16 tells us that, that our great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, knew or knows everything, our struggles, every, every burden, whatever it is, so that he can identify with what we are undergoing, even right now. And this understanding is the key for David and for every believer for that matter, that we can have the peace of mind, that we can enjoy despite that we are in a difficult situation because we understand that God is in control, that God knows everything. God's hands is over every circumstances. That's why in verse 7, that's what he said. I trust in the Lord and he, he expressed here that he was really affected badly. He was affected emotionally, spiritually, and even physically. That's why he said in verse 7, Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted from grief, my soul and my body also. David's physical well-being was affected by his emotional and spiritual weakness. So let's be realistic. Let, should not, let us not deny. Now, God does not want us to deny our pain. But 
to acknowledge that you're real. But we should acknowledge that God is real too. If our pains are that painful, let's acknowledge that God also identified the pains that we are undergoing. In verse um, 10, he said, For my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity and my bones waste away. And because he acknowledges his weaknesses and his sin, even here, in verse 11, the enemies, the adversaries, take this and use this to malign him so that his neighbors and his acquaintances or friends did not believe him anymore. They flee away from him. And that's what we can read in verse 11. And he felt in verse 12 and 13 that he is forgotten. He is like a dead person forgotten by anybody. And he felt that he is like a broken vessel. Useless. Yeah, you can't use a broken vessel. Just going, I mean, a broken vessel needs to be torn away. And in verse 13, he felt that he was hunted down. Everyone was hunting against him. And this will bring us back to the time of Saul and Absalom when everybody who betrayed him, they helped the enemy to hunt him down while he was hiding in the wilderness. And this was quite overwhelming to David that he expressed that it has affected him not only emotionally but also physically. My, he said, my eyes is full of grief. It's wasted because of grief. He was weeping literally. But he was not, he, he did not allow this to overwhelm him. Although how overwhelming, how unbearable perhaps this pain and grief that he bears he did not allow him allow this to overwhelm him because in a positive note he expressed his trust and hope unto the lord by saying in verse 14 to 16 but i trust in you O lord i say you are my god my times are in your hand so whenever we feel a situation where everybody's against us there is somebody who is always with us and it's the Lord. If we humble ourselves, the Lord will be always with us. I trust in you, Lord. You are my God. Is he your God? Can you really say with David, you are my God, and my times are in your hand? In other words, David did not care what others will say, what others are doing, but what he cares was that God was on his side. God was the one who is in control of his time. His life was in his hands. So he asked God to rescue him and vindicate him and, and, and that the Lord will retribute, uh, pay retribution to the wicked. He believed God will not allow the wicked to go unpunished in verse 17 to 18. And with much faith, he looked upon the abundance of God's goodness in verse 19, stored for those who trust and who take refuge in him. He would be sheltered also with the cover of God's presence. And all these are expression of God's steadfast love. We call that chesed. Uh, and even when he was 
in a besieged city. He was trapped in a net. He was in a situation where he has no way out. God saved him. He cried for help. He pled for mercy and God saved him. It was as if that he was cut out from God's sight. But in the nick of time, at the right time, God was never too late. God saved him. It's never too late to pray unto God. When we are in the most dire situation, where sometimes we, are, we feel we are very hopeless, there is no such thing as it's too late to pray. It's never too late to pray, even right now, whatever situation you are in right now. Maybe you will feel or you feel that this is too late. God is not here and God cannot rescue me. No, it's never too late to pray unto the Lord. David prayed when it seemed that God cut him off from his sight, yet God heard him. And that's why he's resolved here in verse 23 is he rallied the people, love the Lord. I think the reason why we should love the Lord is because of his favor. We love him because he first loved us. First John chapter 4, verse 19. And he rallied the people to be strong and be courageous, to wait upon the Lord. Yes, if we know that God is in control, if we know that God knows what he's doing, if we know that God is sovereign, he's on top of everything, there's no reason for us to panic and to be overwhelmed and overruled by worry and fear, but to be calm and composed because we know we can wait upon the Lord. God is always at the right time. And this will bring us back to Psalm 27, verse 13 and 14, where David also concluded there, I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. When in fact in King James, he said, I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage, strengthen thy heart, wait unto the Lord. So whatever situation we're in, Whatever circumstance, this, it should not be a reason for us to be discouraged. There is no such thing as, I'm too late to call upon the name of the Lord. God is our rock. God is our fortress. And we are secured in Him. Our times are in His hands. He is in control. Let us commit our lives unto Him. As one who, who believes and who is committed that God is always a God of steadfast love. He will never leave us nor forsake us. May God help us. Father, thank you so much for your word today. Bless this for our heart, Lord. As often repeated in the book of Psalms, we are um, we are reminded once again of this truth that you are our God of steadfast love, that you are our God who is in control. You are our God abundance of good, abundant in goodness. Lord, help us to believe that this is true to you, so that we will not succumb to discouragements today in whatever the devil will do to us today, Lord. We pray that the truth, that you are our God, loving, faithful, and who will never change, always righteous, will, will stay in our hearts so that we will not be affected by what the devil will do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.